Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Hello, my name is Michael Forney, and I serve as a leader of churches across the Pacific Northwest for the Free Methodist Church. I love the church in all of its forms, and I'm excited to be able to bring you a message that I hope encourages you in this time that we're all in and how to follow Jesus in the midst of this trying time. Over the past several months, we've been dealing with, as a society, with this global COVID-19 pandemic and the impacts of that on our daily lives. For most of us, this has meant that we've been under a stay-at-home order, uh, spending uh, much more time with our family than we're used to, maybe more than we want to, and it's, it's curtailed our activities while at the same time uh, distancing us from people that don't live with us. That's been very difficult for many of us who are not able to connect with family or friends, and especially for those that are living alone. Some of us have lost jobs, lost loved ones, or missed milestone events like weddings, graduations, and other celebrations. The disruption to our lives has been significant, and the world around us is changing so rapidly and in ways that we can't fully comprehend. People around the world are considering, what is the new normal going to look like? Recognizing that the normal that we used to understand is a thing of the past. All kinds of people have been vying to shape what the new normal will be, and opinions and rumors and all kinds of information and misinformation are making it difficult for most of us to make sense of what is happening and how we should be responding in this moment. As followers of Jesus, many of us are asking how we should be living out our life and faith in the midst of all of this. Paul, one of the key leaders in the early church, wrote a letter to the church in Corinth, Greece, when they were struggling to figure out how to live best for Jesus in their context. I'd like to read some of his words from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away, I put childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. The church in Corinth was trying to figure out what the most important thing was that marked them as followers of Jesus and would help them grow spiritually. Some of them thought that it would be the ability to prophesy or to speak about future things. Others thought it was the ability to speak in other languages and 
Still others thought it was the ability to access special knowledge or to be in the know. But Paul says all of these things are temporary and they will fade away. Instead, he redirects the focus of the church towards three things that will last. Faith, hope, and love. These three things were super important for followers of Jesus in, in the early days of the church. They're also super important for us as followers of Jesus in this time. Let's take a closer look at these three things and how they might impact our lives and how we might uh, reflect them to our culture. The first one is faith. Faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Our faith is meant to be a defining characteristic of who we are as followers of Jesus. The faith that Paul is talking about here is not a disconnected or abstract ideal, but it's rooted in the person of Jesus. Jesus says, Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Jesus is the person that we trust and follow. He is both the object and the source of our faith. The faith that's being talked about here is trust. And if you think about trust, trust requires two different people to interact with one another. It's something that we both give to somebody else and it's something that they give back to us by being trustworthy. And that's what faith is about. We are giving our trust to Jesus and He is giving it back to us by being trustworthy. He says if we believe in Him, then living water, and what He's referring to there as living water, is His gift of the Holy Spirit will flow from within us. In John 17, Jesus prays for those who will believe in Him in the future. That's you and me. And He asks God that all of them may be one, Father, just as You are in me and I am in You, May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Our faith is so much more than a simple belief or mental assent to an idea or a doctrine or a religious notion. Our faith is in the living God, Jesus, the God who is with us and who gives us his spirit so that we can be empowered to be His witnesses, His representation to our neighbors here on earth, so that they too can believe and put their faith, trust, confidence in the person of Jesus Christ. The next thing that Paul talks about here is hope. And the hope he's talking about is best defined as the confident expectation of what God has promised. Now hope means a lot of different things in our culture. We often use hope to, to believe that uh, dream or wish that we have for a future. And, and the strength of that hope is dependent on the strength of our desire or our um, emotional commitment to, to the thing that we hope for. But in the Scripture, hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised. And the strength of that hope isn't rooted in how much we want it or how much we desire it, but rather it's rooted in God's faithfulness, not our desire. 
There are many, many promises of God throughout this Scripture. Too many to go over in full right now. But let's look at a couple. Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends and a leader of the early church, describes uh, this kind of hope this way. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. We have a living hope in the resurrection of Jesus. We just celebrated Easter a few weeks ago and we we celebrated Jesus' resurrection from the dead. His resurrection also points to our resurrection. Paul expresses that hope in Philippians chapter 1, verses 20 through 21, where he says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We often quote that scripture when people are facing death, but Paul's not talking about death as much as he's talking about life. The hope of the resurrection and of eternal life gives us the ability to live without fear. We can have hope rooted in the faithfulness of God to live without fear of anything that comes because we have the promise of God that we will be partners with Him on earth to reconcile people to God and we'll be present with Him when our body dies awaiting the resurrection and eternal life. He has promised us resurrection and eternal life. So we have nothing to lose on this earth. So therefore, as Paul, as Paul says, therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly, we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This is exciting. This is the hope that we have that no matter what circumstances we face, no matter the, 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 the environment that we are living in, no matter how much we feel pressed down upon or, or what tension uh, is surrounding us at this time, we fix our eyes upon Jesus because He is eternal and the promises of God are true and He will bring those things to pass that He has promised. This hope allows us to look past our current circumstances and to have a sense of peace because we know God will complete what He started. He will fulfill His promises to us. And that hope is not for us to hoard or to keep to ourselves, but to share with our neighbors and our friends who may yet be far from God. Lastly, Paul talks about that the greatest of all these things that last is love. Now, 
love in the English language has many different meanings. We say things like we love pizza and we uh, love our, our spouse or, or that significant other in our life or we love our children or, you know, some of us love quarantine. That, that was a joke. Um, anyway, um, you know, we use this word love in all different kind of ways, but Paul is using this word love very specifically. And in the Greek, the word that's used is the word agape. And that describes a kind of love that's defined this way. The steady intention of will to another's highest good without implications. It means that we're always looking out for the other's highest good without expecting anything from them in return or placing any obligations upon them. That kind of love is, is just honestly the most startling and attractive characteristic of God. Jesus uh, described that in John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, when he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This just amazing love that God has for us, that for our best good, for our thriving, for our flourishing, that's not contingent. He expressed His love while we were still enemies of God. He sent Jesus to the earth to sacrifice Himself so that we could become the very friends of God. And He extends that invitation to us to become friends of God. He extends it as an invitation not a command. He's inviting us into a love that we can not even in some ways imagine. It's such an amazing love. But we can experience and we can receive it when we respond to His invitation. He laid down His life for us and He challenges us to do the same for others. Paul talks about that in Philippians chapter 2 and he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. This is just an amazing kind of love that's hard to fathom sometimes in our human experience because it seems like love in our culture is always coming with strings or, or exceptions or or obligations. But Jesus tells us that we need to practice this kind of agape love, the laying down of our own interests and looking for the highest good of others, their best interests. And if we do that, the world will see something that's unique, that's attractive. They'll see Jesus. And that's what Paul meant when he said that we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Because when people see that kind of amazing love demonstrated, um, what they see is amazing and supernatural. They see Jesus. So in this season that we are in, we need to lead with faith, hope, and love. These are the things that are going to remain. They're going to last. You know, the quarantine will not last. I know some of you think it's eternal, but it will not last. This virus will not last. It's temporary. It will go away. 
Um, some of the economic pressures and other things that we're experiencing, they're taking long and it's frustrating. But this will also pass. We need to focus on what will remain. And Paul tells us that these are the things that remain. Faith, hope, and love. When we express these things, we point others to Jesus. We give them life and hope and vitality that they need in this time. And more than anything, we need to embody the love that puts the highest good of others first, before our own. Friends, we don't know how long this is going to last or how long it will be before we can safely gather together again in our building for worship and celebration. And what a day that will be. We'll be super excited about that when that day comes. We don't know all that we're going to face in the days ahead or or what we'll lose. But we do know Jesus. We know the character of God. Jesus is the embodiment of His love. God is good. He is present with us. And no matter what we face or what we lose, He will be with us. And His love is something that can never be taken away from any of us. And it's something that we can show and share with those in our community of faith and those in our greater community that are far from God. And we should, because we are the representation of Jesus in the world. We have faith in Jesus. He's given us His Spirit to strengthen and encourage us as we live in this moment. He's also given us an unshakable hope, promises which are based in His goodness, His faithfulness, and His love. And He's given us the kind of love that elevates our interests and is for our thriving, that we can share generously and selflessly with our neighbors and with one another, even as He has done with us. As we do that, as His church, we will show our community Jesus. What might He be asking you to do in response to this message? You know, the Bible encourages that we're not just supposed to hear messages and feel good about it, but we're supposed to do something about it. So what next step might Jesus be asking you to take in response to this message? What about faith? Who are you trusting with your life. Are you trusting Jesus with your life? Maybe you're listening to this uh, message today and you've never taken that step to choose to follow Jesus, to respond to His invitation of love and grace. You, um, but as you've listened today, you're like, man, I want that life of flourishing. I want that life uh, that embodies faith, hope, and love. I want to receive that and I want to become a friend of God. There's good news for you. Because Jesus extends that invitation to each and every person that responds. There's nothing that you need to do except for to say yes to Jesus. To invite Him into your life and choose to follow Him. It's the easiest decision you'll ever make. It's also the hardest decision you'll ever make because it means laying down your preferences and laying down your life and giving it to Him so that He can give back to you a life that is so much more. And if that's you uh, today in this talk, 
Um, we'll pray with you in a few moments, and after my talk, message is over, someone will come and um, tell you how you can take that next step. We want to help you take that next step in the journey, so I encourage you to let us know that you have made that decision today. Maybe you're already following Jesus, but you're struggling to trust Him. What is one step that you could take to grow in your trust with God? One thing that's helped me uh, is to simply ask God. Like the man who asked Jesus, who said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Sometimes we just need to respond to God by saying, I believe, I have faith, I trust you, but help me in my lack of belief, in my lack of trust. There are things that are so big to us that make us question. But you know what? That exchange back and forth of trust is something that God is attracted to and always responds to. So when we say, I trust you, but I need help to trust you more, God always answers that prayer. So I want to encourage you, if that's you and you're struggling in that area, to, to in prayer this week, ask God to help you trust Him more in those areas that you might be reluctant to trust Him with. That next area of hope, maybe you need a reminder of the promises of God so that you can recapture the hope that we have in Jesus. Maybe you've been listening to all the chaos or, or you've been experiencing terrible pain. Maybe somebody you love um, has been affected negatively by this or maybe you're experiencing painful consequences of this moment and, and that's kind of robbing you of that hope that we have in Christ. I just think it's so important that we remind ourselves of the promises of God um, because they're not based in our circumstances. They're not based in our emotions. They're based in the goodness and person of Jesus. So here's some of the promises that He, that he gave us. There's, there's hundreds of them in the Scripture. But like in John 11.25 where Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in Me will live even after dying. Or in Matthew 28, 20, where Jesus says, I will be with you even to the end of time. Or in John 14, 27, where Jesus says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. There are many, many scriptures that give us promises of God. And when we read them, our faith is strengthened and our hope is built because we know that God will fulfill those promises. What about love? Who in your proximity can you show love to this week? Maybe write down their name or maybe, maybe it's a list of names, two or three people that Jesus is asking you to show His love to or to extend His love to in this week. And it, it can look big or it can look small. Maybe it's something as simple as sending a kind text or, or praying for somebody or, or running an errand for them or, or listening to them as they're processing uh, different things. But what can we do to set aside our interests for the interests of others and to show them the love of God? I'd like to close our time together by praying this prayer from Scripture over you. I pray that out of His glorious riches that He may strengthen you with power through His Holy Spirit in your innermost being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love 
may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. To know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church 